our three-year-old daughter this week, after the end of daylight savings time, had a penchant for falling asleep at sundown. It was tempting, in light of this week's gospel, to say to her, Keep awake, therefore. Still have to eat your dinner. Still have to do your least favorite thing in the world, and that is take a bath and wash your hair. She doesn't like that. Keep awake, therefore. In this season, as the days are growing shorter, we are reminded with these vexing readings today, to keep awake. Keep awake. Amos is a grumpy prophet. And for those of you who know the prophets, you know that that's saying something. (laughs) Amos was a dresser of sycamore trees, an agrarian guy who came from the southern kingdom in the ninth century BC and he goes to the northern kingdom and he begins his prophesying it was a prosperous time for the ancient Israelites nobody was bothering them militarily there was good trade Jeroboam the second presided over a good time But the people believed at some level, and were probably encouraged to believe by the priests and the other elites in power, that they had struck a grand bargain with God, and that they were right with God, and that's why things were going so well. And so they tended to neglect their religious duties, and for us, it was a time of enormous inequality. Those who had something had a lot, and those who had little had very little. Amos is worried, probably justifiably so, that when people are talking about the coming of the day of the Lord, what they're really thinking is, the Lord will come and protect us and our fortunes, and all who despise us will be taken care of by God. Amos warns the people, be careful what you ask for. The day of the Lord may not shape up to be what you expect it to be. Fast forward nearly a millennium, and we have Paul writing in this earliest strand of the New Testament. This is the earliest writing we have in Christian scripture, Paul is writing to a small Christian community in Thessalonica, a Christian community that had probably suffered some level of persecution and suffering because of what they believed and what they proclaimed and their practices. He writes to them because there is anticipation among them that Jesus is coming back, but Jesus has not come back yet, and there's some growing impatience and perhaps a complacency beginning to set in. So he sets forth this beautiful passage, which unfortunately sounds kind of corny to us, you know, about rising into the air, meeting Jesus. You get into the 19th and 20th century, and particularly in the American milieu, you get the rapture and going poof and leaving your sneakers behind and all of that. And you get the picture, right? 
But actually, uh, New Testament scholars, including N.T. Wright, remind us that what Paul is saying is that the people are to be prepared just like the bridesmaids are to be prepared in the gospel today to welcome Jesus, not to go into heaven with him, but to welcome him back to earth. This business about going into the air is as if to go to the door and greet him and welcome him in. Christ coming back to his own. Be prepared, Paul is telling them in a gentle but clear way. Keep awake. Keep awake, therefore. And then we have the gospel. A very vexing parable, like many we have heard in Matthew this season. This is a series of parables towards the end of Jesus' teachings. We'll reach the capstone in just a few short weeks. But this parable is told to a community, probably in Antioch, in the latter part of the first century. They have watched Jerusalem just be mown down by the Romans. So the center of Judaism has been destroyed, and probably many of their Jewish brothers and sisters have retrenched in various traditions. There's been a battle for the future of Judaism, and the Christians in Antioch are on the outside. They are the losers in that struggle. But Matthew, using Jesus' teachings, warns them not to be complacent. To keep awake, to be watchful, not to give up. Because it is easy to give up. It is also easy to be complacent. We live in a dangerous time when those who are in power in our culture are sorely tempted are sorely tempted not only to be complacent, but to safeguard their complacency with their power. We are tempted much to do the same. Complacency is always at the door. Jesus reminds us to be vigilant. And complacency can take many forms. We can be inattentive. We can be asleep. But in these parts, I think sometimes our complacency takes the form of being busy all the time. Why are we busy all the time? Sometimes I wonder if it's because it's a way we comfort ourselves and don't pay attention to the more important things of life. It's one of my temptations. Yesterday evening, Episcopal Charities held its annual fundraiser at City Hall in San Francisco. Kathleen Perino, one of our members here, is the executive director, and it was a really splendid occasion. And the evening was um, built around honoring Pat Taylor, who has worked with uh, the Good Samaritan Ministry in San Francisco now for over 20 years. And Kat Taylor, for those of you who know her, sings beautifully. And she is one of those artists who has managed to pull together an artistic vision with a strong social vision 
with a real depth of integrity and spirituality. She is a prophet of our age, I would say. And our bishop got up, and instead of introducing her in the usual way, he had us sing to her, to introduce her. And we sang to her the Beatitudes, the blessings that we heard last Sunday on All Saints, the blessings that are at the heart of Jesus' teachings. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who thirst for righteousness. Kat Taylor got up and spoke, and she gave us another beatitude to mull over, one that I'd like to share with you this morning. It comes from a poem by the great dancer and choreographer Martha Graham. She wrote this for another great choreographer and dancer, Agnes DeMille. Martha Graham writes, there is a vitality, a life force, quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you, only one of you in all time, this expression is unique. If you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and be lost. The world will not have it. It is not yours to determine how good it is, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is not your business, uh, excuse me, it is your business to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or your work. You have to keep open and aware directly to the urges that motivate you. Keep the channel open. No artist is ever pleased. There is no satisfaction whatever at any time. There is only a queer divine dissatisfaction. A blessed unrest that keeps us marching and makes us more alive than the others. A blessed unrest. A prophetic phrase for our time. A letting go of the complacency that often blinds us to the needs around us and the needs in our own hearts and home. Complacency may be about attending to a regular prayer life. Complacency may be about not seeing the needs in your own household or of your own neighbors. Complacency may be a reluctance to organize where organizing is called for, to bring about justice for others, for the earth. Artists know intimately the blessed unrest that is at the heart of all artistic endeavor, and that is a pattern of life that is after the eternal work of the great artist. The pattern that is God's, God in Christ's labor that is always happening, even now, over creation. That blessed unrest that is 
God's. What is your blessed unrest at this time? Jesus calls us out of our complacency and to cultivate that even now. As we work together as a community, we are cultivating that blessed unrest as we organize for advocacy for those most vulnerable in the wider community, as we organize ourselves around ways we can be of greater support and help to each other, as we build up and plan for a time when we will reach out our hands together in service. Blessed are those who thirst after righteousness, Jesus told us last week. As Amos puts it, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. What is your blessed unrest? Find that and know the blessed unrest of God at work through you. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R. S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for millvalley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.